You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America special edition. My name is <laughs> Turner edition. Sparks. I am uh, as, as Michael number two from Robert De Niro's office. How you doing? Mike Kaplan, how's it going? You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Sir Michael Ira Kaplan in the New York Post, in the Daily Mail UK, in the Independent UK. I was told by Andy Curtin you're in the papers in Australia. Uh, his parents are asking about you. It's <laughs> You're around the world. You can find Kaplan absolutely everywhere, but... Because of the, you can find him, excuse me, not but, you can find him because of this Robert De Niro trial that's going on right now. The world is calling him Cato Kaplan. He is the house (laughs) guest for the 2023. In the 90s, we had the OJ Simpson trial, right? Then next up, we had what I called the white OJ trial, which was the Johnny Depp trial, where it was all white women cared. Just This was their OJ trial. And now we have the Robert De Niro trial. These are the celebrity trials. They... Um, they're rocking the world. They're shaking the foundation of the world as we knew it. And in the middle of all these trials, what these trials have in common is they're taking a previously unknown person, someone going about their day, minding their own business, living their life, twiddling their thumbs and rocketing that person to celebrity. And (laughs) in the nineties, we had Cato Galen in the, 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 the last one, the, the Johnny Depp, we had his lawyer lady, and then now we have Michael Ira Kaplan. Sir Michael <laughs> Ira entire, all the trials you know you've ever heard of. That's all of them. Well, that <laughs> aren't you, you know that aren't awful. I guess. What about the, I the guess OJ did involve did involve uh, he did double know, homicide. It was double <laughs> homicide. And then I what did the second one? I don't even know what the Donnie Depp one was about. I still but don't this know what one Depp is did. twelve million dollars. Graham Chase Robinson, as the world now knows her. Shout out. Assist uh, um, head of production at Canal Productions. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Head of all those things you produced is now suing Robert De Niro for twelve million for harassment and generally being a bad boss. And so, Kaplan, you got thrown on the tr- on the um, stand, the witness stand. Was it a week ago at this point, or two weeks ago? It was a week ago. Um, I was uh, subpoenaed from by Chase Graham Chase's lawyers. They subpoenaed me. And you served your subpoena like a good American. Well, they show up at the middle. They, to, the people don't know how the process works. They show up at nine thirty at night. The doorbell rings, and you say, "Did we? Did I order pizza? I forget." Just open the door willy nilly. And I just look at some messenger guy and I give him the old, what took you so long? And it's like, he just hands me, <laughs> hands me a document. Says, he says, are you Michael Kaplan? Michael Ira Kaplan? I say, yes, you've been no, no, served. No, you say, I'm Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. I'm Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. So I brought that up in court and uh, the, the, the judge um, made sure to instruct the jury. He said, just so everybody knows, there's nothing uncouth about that. That's a normal time to be served. Everyone's home at 930 at night. Um, so yeah, wait, nine 30, you said 1230. No, no, no. Nine 30 at night. Like he showed up at nine 30 at night. Oh, I thought yeah, you said 1230. I thought it was 12. I thought you just said 12, 1230. 1230 anyway, somewhere. What we're yeah. doing today. 
There is no guest. We're throwing out the format. We're not talking about the world because the world is talking about Kaplan. So we have Kaplan right here. And we says, I'm on tour. I'm in, I'm in the great state of Oregon. I've been all around this great country the past few weeks. I have friends around the world. La-ti-da. I'm a global. Uh, 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 You're a globalist. Globe, I'm a globetrotter. I'm I wanted to get into the. Ar- I, I was going to say, let's get into the Argentinian election. The but you Just said a no. second. We're, we are not. Yeah, Kaplan sent me last night. Should we do the Argentinian election? Should we, Chile has a new vice mayor. <laughs> I says, no, we're talking about you, you idiot. And so we've been talking about this on our Patreon show. Everybody, I implore you, patreon.com slash lost in America. If you want to get into the weeds, the nitty gritty, the behind the scenes, go there. But yeah. it, there's so much to talk about. We said, why not give the people... Just a, a glimpse picture. into the world of what it's like to be to be Cato Kaplan right now, the center <laughs> of the center of celebrity. And then if you want more of this, go to patreon.com slash lost America. Five dollars. That's all it takes. Are you listening? <laughs> New York Post. Are you listening? Yeah. Daily Mail. If you want Do real you- quotes, spend yeah. five dollars, you dumb journalist. I know. What I'm very it's, five dollars. I get the whole story. That's all I need to pay. What kind of journalists <laughs> are these who would not? Because who's even been on the witness stand outside of immediate family? It's been you and one other person from the from um, from the, been uh, the a few office, others. But. Yeah, a few others. Yeah, yeah. She I mean, she called made, up. They haven't made the papers as much. No, you know, no, they, the papers are all about page. Kaplan. Yeah, I'm, yes. I was literally on the front page in the New York Post. Right under like some story about Hamas. It was a dream come true. <laughs> it was you. And so people have been asking about this. So I want to, is the best, po- so what we're going to, we're going to give you a taste. So should we start with the questions I've been getting and go from there? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's a good way to start. Do you know about it? Let's answer the first question. Have. And this is overriding. I mean, everyone has been asking this question because in the, in the New York post, it's a picture of you coming out of, coming out of the downtown courthouse in manhattan manhattan as you would say right next to the trump trial right next to where sam bankman fried was being sentenced that's where it was the hub of all the activity (laughs) and that's a great way to put it because you're wearing quite possibly the dumbest jacket anyone's (laughs) ever seen and it looks like a sam bankman fried jacket it's almost something he would wear it's very schlubby it's like you it's it's like you had no idea you were going to trial you're walking down the street on your way to Dunkin' Donuts, and they pulled you aside. They go, you're on trial now. Or you're not on trial. You're on the witness stand now. And then you just ran in there. So the world wants to know, why on earth did you pick this gray tie-dye jacket well, to wear first off. to what, what might be the most important day in terms of celebrity of your up until well, now of your life? Yeah, well, let's start with – let's back up a second. I was uh, – I, I spoke to uh, Bob's lawyers, Deniers lawyers briefly, just to get an idea of like, what's going to happen. You know, what do I expect? I said, what am I supposed to do? Do I have to show up? They said, you do you just answer the questions, be truthful. And they said, Hey, do me if one of them said, Hey, Kaplan, do me a favor. I know you're going to wear some dumb t-shirt. That's but you got to wear, you put on a suit and tie, look respectable. So I said, Oh yes. Jesus, someone died today. I got, I was going to, I was going to wear my lost in America. Number one in Armenia shirt. <laughs> I was going to plug. Of course you were. A, uh, but so instead I put on a suit, tennis shoes, but, jeans, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get comfortable. But I put on a suit. And as and I said, it, I, I said this on our Patreon show, but that doesn't surprise me because at both of my, at my brother's Tyler Sparks wedding in 2005, whenever that was. And at my wedding in 2016, they, my dad, it was like a, a, on repeat. He goes, 
There's hundreds of people coming to both these weddings. Make sure Kaplan does not wear a dumb T-shirt. Tell him he has to wear a suit and tie. He didn't single out a single other person at one of these. Nobody so knew. I, I, it's good to know that Gary Sparks, a CPA in Sacramento, California, who's never met Robert De Niro's lawyers and Robert De Niro's <laughs> lawyers, have the exact same impression of you. And now the, same page. the world does. Everyone said, why is Kaplan? Why? Why is he such a schlub? Why does he look like that? What's going on? So what is going on? You tell. So, me. yeah. So then I, I put on a suit and it's like, you know, there's like in between temperatures when it's like seems too cold to just go out like a suit jacket is not quite warm enough if it's chilly out. Like, I don't know. So you got to get the like overcoat, the big like you mean a suit jacket, like a sport coat you're talking a about a sports coat. Yeah. So, you, you, yeah. you know, you can't just sports. wear like a jacket over that because a jacket then it comes too short. You know, it's leaving stuff on the sides. You look stupid. So I said, I need a long coat. I go to get my long coat. It's been a while since I've worn it. And uh, I can't get the sleeve in. Like, I don't have anybody there. I need an assistant. I can't get the sleeve in. I'm falling <laughs> over the place. <laughs> wait, I'm literally wait, wait, almost wait, took, wait. took pancakes the dog out, <laughs> kicking my arm in. You need an assistant. <laughs> Have you I need someone to hold the coat up for me. Have you considered <laughs> hiring Robinson. Graham Chase Robinson? She's available. I've heard I she saw needs she inter- a job. She interviewed for 638 jobs I saw, but she didn't get any of them yet. So maybe she's it comes cheap. But uh, yeah, that is woman's work, though. So I don't know if I should do that. But so you have uh, $300,000 I, I, lying around to pay. Yes. That's how much I've got up since then. So I, instead, I put on this long coat thinking it's at least going to cover me. It's cool. I'll look kind of like you're a, talking about like this a, gray jacket, a, this gray a rock star who had to go to court for like a, a divorce hearing or like a custody battle or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a Sam Bankman Freed jacket. Well, there you go, Sam Bankman. And you know, I saw Sam Bankman Freed. Think you bring me up? Somebody posted <laughs> his photo. His uh, the court stenographer. What do you call that person? Yeah, they, they released his photo, and it looks like a different person. It's like thin. He looks like a cool guy. So I'd love to, I haven't seen my photo. I want to get a hold of it. I wonder if I, I would love to use this as my Christmas card this year. The photo they, they, well, they draw on you. a prison diet. Hasn't <laughs> he's he been, been in prison diet. for the last That's six true. months? So you're saying that I, mine won't look as good. I thought maybe they just do that as a favor for you if you tip them or something. But And when you say anyway. stenographer, you mean the person the, 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 who drew the picture? He looks yeah, good in the painting? Called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, no, the stenographer I never, is the I one see... who takes the notes. Oh, no, not that. The person who draw, does the drawing, the sketch artist, they still have for some artists. reason. They're <laughs> called an artist. All You've right, well, been I, in court the last two weeks. I, you know I don't know where the artist was. I got to get a hold of it. That's something to do. Oh, can knows. we get your drawing? That's what I'm this. saying. It would be so great to get it. It'd be like a T-shirt. <laughs> there's a, there's Wait some a merch. second. Wait a second. <laughs> Next time, because am I allowed to say this on the air, what might happen in the future, or should I not say? Well, I don't know I don't what know I'm allowed to say. To say. Well, with you, what might go on next week as in, in relation uh, to this trial? Oh, that I might testify again? Yeah. Um, yeah, you last say, I don't know if I'm going to. It doesn't look like likely, but uh, there was a chance I was going to oh, come okay. back. You I'm, might. I'm, I'm staying Here's in the bullpen. Saying, but- I told the lawyers, I said, you bring, I'm in the bullpen. I'm getting loose. Keep me, call me in, play my music. I'll come back if you want me to. You're warming up but your anyway. arm. Play I'm wild I'm staying thing. loose, yeah. Rick Vaughn's coming back. (laughs) So Kaplan, no, here's what I'm saying though. If you go back to trial and then Bob's lawyers again are going to say, Kaplan, wear a suit and leave that dumb gray parka, whatever (laughs) rain jacket. It looks like a, you know what it looks like? It looks like a poncho. It's like one step above just flipping (laughs) upside down a a glad bag, like a black trash bag and (laughs) putting it on your head at a, at a Cleveland Browns game. (laughs) it's can I tell you it really that. fooled everybody because I came out of the courthouse and there was like two paparazzi and one's like points the other guy like there's the guy and the other guy like shook him off like that can't be anybody so like <laughs> he had me no all to himself 
he came over and he and I stop. I was so excited. I start waving to him. I'm like, I miss you guys. I used to protect him from you guys. Good to see you. And they're like, they didn't run those photos. They ran the like the on the stair serious photo, like when I wasn't looking. So you did like, like the TMZ stop and chat with the, yeah, with I, was, the paparazzi. I, was still, I was holding like, a convening hey guys, an audience. It going? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. up? No, here's, here's the my good point, work. Though. Here's what you do is we got to get a hold of your drawing from you on, yeah. on trial. I mean, on, on whatever you're on the stand and then we print t-shirts. That's the new lost in America t-shirt. First of all. And second of all, that shirt you now wear when you go, if you go back on the stand, you wear a t-shirt of you on the stand. And when Bob's lawyers go, Kaplan, you have to wear a suit and tie. You go, yeah, yeah, I'll wear a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then by the time you get there, it's too late. You know, you don't bring one. You and also like t-shirt. my understanding of, of test of all the whole thing. People have told me after the fact, cause I've, I said on our Patreon show, I said, the best part about it was I killed with the jury. They seemed to really like me. Bob's lawyers said they fucking loved you. They were laughing. And somebody well, told me the that's F. the whole thing. Somebody who's not a law- who wasn't there, but who's a lawyer told me like, that's the whole point. They want people. The jury is so bored. They're bored out of their minds. If they get someone they actually like. They're going to just listen to you. So I don't know why I should wear a suit and tie. Nobody likes a suit. I should be a fun guy. I should show up in a fun t-shirt. That's how you win a jury. A t-shirt over. of yourself on the stand from a week earlier. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to, that's the best idea ever. Honestly. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. Okay. So we're going to go through some questions, but before we do, I just want to say after the break, there's, so what's happening is I'll just run through real quick. So Graham is, as uh, Chase Robinson, um, sued Robert De Niro for $12 million for, she was an assistant to De Niro in an office with you and two other, a rotating cast of two other assistants. You were there about 15 years. She was, was there about there before, 11 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and these other people come and go and, uh, she's, uh, uh suing De Niro for her essentially harassment and being a bad, being a mean boss for 12 mil. And so then she called you to the stand last week as I guess the idea that you might agree, you go, yeah, yeah, he was the worst. Um, turns out from what I can read and you could correct me from, you kind of didn't agree on the stand. You went, no, no, no. I liked Robert De Niro. But you, Graham Chase Robinson, were the one that was harassing people. <laughs> and I did it. I pointed at her. I said, the, the real harassers in this room. No, I didn't. In this <laughs> it's right room. over there. It's right over there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like some of the stuff so, in the paper out of context can and, sound bad. But uh, no, I was just going to say. No, like, I just want to say before we go uh, on, Cap, before we go on that we're, we're coming up. We'll take a break in a little while for obviously for an ad. After the break, we're going to have an expert witness. We're, we're doing our own trial right in here. <laughs> it's like a trial so right here. As part of it, Robert De Niro said that Graham Chase Robinson stole five million uh, airline miles from her from him and flew mm-hmm. around the world. And then I believe was it her testimony or yours or someone else's that said she only flew Delta because that was my she testimony. Lo- only f- that was you. That was me. Yep. <laughs> okay. So Kaplan said she only flew first class and she only flew Delta. And she would, when she would fly American Airlines, she would complain that American Airlines first class is basically like flying coach. Right. Yeah. So really Delta, that's her new job. She should be a spokesperson for Delta. They should hire her. Well, it just so happens <laughs> I'm in Oregon on tour right now between shows for a few days. So I ran over to my cousin Terry's house and she lives deep in the woods of Oregon, but she's recently retired from, I want to say, 30 years working for Delta. And part Damn, of her job at, at Delta 
was to go after people who had stolen Delta Miles from the original <laughs> owner and prosecute those people on there's, behalf so of Delta. Cop, and she cop. says Graham Chase Robinson should be in prison. And Cousin Terry, after the break, is coming on to explain this all to you, Kaplan, and to the world, and to whatever lawyers might be out there listening right now <laughs> that would want to add this in. Now let's keep going. So she'll be, that's just a tease. She'll be coming up soon. Cap. Yeah, no, I was, well, I was going to say, and I'm excited to talk to her about this, the, um, you know, like Chase's big claim about how, what a, you know, terrible boss he was. And, you know, there's, working for a person like Robert De Niro can be difficult, right? Like he can be demanding, he can have expectations. He's, but she is the absolute worst person to, uh, you know, to, this is the number one thing that's driving everyone who knows this case. Well, nuts is like, she's the worst like spokesperson to try to bring a claim about anybody because every single person who worked there, their biggest, their big problem wasn't Robert De Niro. The big problem is they worked for Chase Robinson. Like she was a total like monster. <laughs> like, so that's, so she was you know, the, cog between everyone and De Niro. You kind of couldn't yes. get through to him because she was blocking the way and she on his behalf, she was ruined. Not on his behalf. She thought she was doing it on his behalf, but it was really on her behalf. She was ruining people's days. She she was like controlling. She just wanted to have the all of the uh, oxygen in the room, you know, all of his attention, yes. all of his all, she wanted to get all, I used to call it the dog biscuit thing where like she would like follow him and like ask for uh, you know, tell him every single thing that could he could be happy that she did. And he'd be like, oh, good, 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 good. And then she'd be getting like a biscuit. Like she'd be so happy. She'd leave, live off this. So she didn't want anyone else to have this access. She had all the access and she tormented everybody else, basically. She just made them cry. She used that and, and hoarded that over, over everyone else. Yes, yes. And she made, yes. there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of screaming, a lot of slam doors, as I talked about in the office. Uh, I talked about on the stand. There was a lot of, uh, there were people from other buildings, from other offices in our building who would come over after she would go on a, like a screaming fit to see if everyone was okay. They would tape things, they would say, because in case anything, you know, they, it was like, they were like, everybody was alarmed that she was like a total psychopath. <laughs> That's, yes. And there's people with PTSD who like, don't go back to the building who cried. Like she made panic attacks. She caused all sorts of mayhem over there. So yeah, well, that's the goal. And can we talk about the party that happened or no? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's even to the point where you told me that when she the day she finally whatever it officially was called resigned or she resigned, uh, left yes. left the company there was a party almost like one of those um you know we, we got him when Obama came out and said folks we got him like when it was, when we bin Laden uh um, Yeah it was it was like when in Times Square when the guy the sailor just me too that 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 girl after we won World War II and just started making out with her, you know, and like just grab yes. a girl and start kissing her. That's how people you were acting. They were so party. happy. <laughs> you could, yeah. I, so I threw, I, it was someone else's idea, but I sent out the invite and got it going and invited literally everybody who ever worked there with her and everybody like in, in the film crew world that she like tormented. And we had like, I don't even know, 15, 20 people showed up. <laughs> it was like a big celebration. It was, big, it was the one thing that, that bonded everybody gone. is their hatred for this other person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, okay, that, that's, so that's exactly how it is. That's her. So I want to go through, through some questions here. Um, what is it that you, what is the, what was your job? Because the, the newspapers, one of them called you special ops to Robert <laughs> De Niro. <laughs> the best part. <laughs> one of them called, called you a handyman. Robert De Niro's yes, handyman. Which, um, 
I they, forget. There's another one. They called you something else. I can't remember. Oh, oh, one called you a therapist. Um, well, no, I, I called myself. I called myself the armchair therapist to all these like because Chase did. I Chase and I Chase did yell at me sometimes, but we got along a lot better. She treated me differently, actually. A little gender discrimination there, positively. Um, but she most was so of the mean other to these boys other, were women. Yeah. They were all women. And she was so mean to them, and they would you know, vent to me. And I, this is what I said on the stand. I said, I was their armchair therapist. So, um, which I think could be a Patreon level. Perhaps I could do that for callers. They want to call in or listeners. (laughs) Maybe that's our next show is you're the therapist. Uh, (laughs) by the way, no, you got a terrible boss. Just (laughs) self-anointed therapist. Self-anointed. Yeah. I listen, but but good listener. And I want to say, and all this is a full disclosure here to all the listeners for 15 years that I've known you, I've asked you, what's your job? And you've never given me a straight answer. You won't pin it down. You go, ah, I make the trains run on time. Hey, I do this. Hey, I do that. And now it's funny because now uh, the, even the papers don't know what you do. They the don't. handyman, the special. I mean, that calling me a handyman is worse. Is the most journalism malpractice since like the Gaza hospital bombing. Like that was just terrible. They just really, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the idea that I'm a handyman is like the idea that someone in Hamas cares about civilians. Like I am the least handy person, you know, anybody knows. So no, I was not Bob's handyman. So I'm nailing you down once and for all. What all right. was your job? You worked there for 15 years. What was your job? Were you a personal okay. assistant? I was a personal assistant. I wasn't what you'd call an executive assistant in the sense that I didn't like make. Did you just say wasn't, wasn't his, was not or was? I was not an executive assistant the way I understand it. That I didn't like answer. The, I wasn't always on the phones or doing all the scheduling, stuff like that, travel. I did more like, um, what did I do? I did anything that random came up, you know? So like if Bob thought of something that like wasn't a normal request, he just wanted something, it would be like natural for me to be the person to figure it out. So like, I'll give you one example was that when he had a, a child, uh, his, his daughter uh, born in uh, 2012, he had a daughter named Helen and she's, uh, you know, my son Teddy's age. So I remember the year so well. And when she was a baby, he says to you know, he wants to get a bike seat for his bike. Right. But he doesn't want like, do you know how they have bike seats? Like if you, you've seen like those tandem bikes, uh, if you've seen them in, if you have ever looked at a tandem bike in New York city or anywhere else in the world, I think the, the child is behind the adult. Like that's just like, I think it's a safety thing. I think it's like yes. how they're designed in general. Well, cause the, the, <laughs> so, the adult has to actually steer the bike. So why yes, would the exactly. child be in front of the adult? But he, so when he was younger, when he had kids, when he was much younger, I think before they like realized it was dangerous, they used to make them apparently when they were in the front and he had one, he remembered it from his children when they were younger. So he wanted one. I spent like so much time trying to find him in Europe. I was like on with dealers. I was trying to figure it out. None of them fit his bike. So next thing you know, it's like, I'm finding a guy to make it for him. And now it's like a Got project. It. Now it's like, a, I'm finding the prototypes and I'm doing like, this is, this becomes, and this okay. became, this is a project going on for 10 years. You know, this is like every time you get a new bike, you need to get a new seat that would fit the bike and become a thing. You know, like, so, so in like, one story, I think we just solved a question that the world's been trying to figure out for three weeks. And I've been trying to figure out for 15 years. You were a personal assistant. Is there something wrong with that sentence? That sounds no, exactly I was like a personal what you assistant. Were. Yeah, I was a personal assistant. Oh. I just meant it was a very specific I don't know. Type of person. Oh, I thought you just, it's also hard. Here's the other struggle with you cap. And I mean, no offense by this, but sometimes it's hard to understand you when you speak. So I thought just a minute ago, you said I wasn't a personal assistant. No, I I said I wasn't an executive assistant. You know, it's also an all. I was a personal assistant. Okay. So you weren't a personal assistant. Okay. So to all of the, to the New York post listening right now, to the independent UK, to the daily mail, 
Kaplan was not a handyman. He was a personal assistant to Robert De Niro. And I will say this, and, and, and this is in key with the testimony of this case. Robert De Niro and I have one thing in common. Neither of us really care about titles. I never cared what people because I did a lot of stuff. I would I I would give him advice on things that was maybe an assistant would normally do and stuff of that nature. And I would deal with the artwork. I would deal with certain things as fathers. But I didn't care about titles. But good shepherd should be called the bad shepherd, like that kind of advice. (laughs) No, good advice though. No, but Chase cared so much about titles. She was the opposite. So she didn't want to well, be considered that, an assistant. That's the irony. That's what the one joy everyone is taking from all of this stuff in the news is that every yeah. single article refers to her as his ex-assistant, which must be driving, which drives her insane because she hated if anybody called her an assistant for many years, she would get furious. She would like flip out on them. Basically, she wanted to be called. She made up this title director of production. She just bullied him into giving her that title. And then yes. she made up another title called vice president of finance and production. Yes, um, and, that's what and the you daily, might be wondering. Yeah. That's what the Daily Mail in the most recent article refers to her as. VP right, they say she rose to the ranks from assistant to yes. vice president. And you might say, like, what was the um, what were you what producing? You produce? right? What oh, movies? Right. What have I heard of? <laughs> Just name a few I've heard of. TV shows, movies, these kind of things. Because you're the a production company. Thing, Canal the closest production. movies we produced were like um, slideshows for birthday parties. You know, like a, a compilation, <laughs> stuff of that nature. There is was that no, a 90s movie or where's <laughs> what is slideshows for birthday parties? I mean, what I mean is like his kids birthday parties or like his 70th birthday party or like something of that nature. Like there's not. Oh, there's you no mean production. home video? You guys produce home, home videos. videos, home movies. Yes. And I there was and no. What kind of make movies, home movies? Can I ask how did they open? Like, did we have any number ones or. You know, they open wide with these limited releases where they 3000 theaters across the nation because she produced them. VP of very production. limited release, like an audience of one or two people essentially sees all these <laughs> things, maybe three, four. Um, and 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 she, we didn't so Canal Productions is the name of the company. It's just a, like a vanity company. I think it's the word where like a lot of celebrities get it. It's like an LLC, whatever. It doesn't make movies. It's like not a. It can say if you want. It could say I work for Canal Productions as a way to being incognito, but it's not a production company. And she knew that, but she just was in like delusional and wanted to pretend that she was important. So does this mean industry. that I could open like Turner Sparks Productions? There's no law that says we have. Yeah, to do you have? Movies? I mean, you're a stand. You're a self-employed. Do you have like an LLC? Do you have a company name? Um, I go- used to. I ended up closing it. I don't need it right now. You know, you can just be. You can be yourself. Because uh, you could open up like Turner Productions or whatever. What do you want to call it? Well, you need yeah, a- but the difference <laughs> is I don't pay out over 500 grand a year to personal assistance, which is well, what I want to get into next. So sure. if on the surface it says, well, this is a production company, they put out movies, of course you would have, I'm estimating, but I'm going to put it at 500 grand. She paid 300, uh, no, Graham Chase Robinson was paid $300,000 a year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to the newspaper. To be the head of production, but we've just been told that didn't mean anything. So basically, to be a personal assistant, three hundred thousand. Um, you were paid eighty five thousand, and according to the newspaper, according to the paper, and then uh, other people, a few other people worked there. So is it wrong to assume that it was right around five hundred grand? It was. I would say yeah, it's about five hundred grand. But you're yeah. Again, she made three hundred. The other three people combined made. If you're going to say about two hundred. Is okay. pretty accurate, no, no, no. actually. I'm so not this is not a very wrong with you. <laughs> this is America. We're allowed to make money. My question, and these are this is coming from people again, going with what I've been asked from people. People are blown away 
that anyone on planet Earth would pay $500,000 a year to people to um, do things like what, what just according to the newspaper, get them a martini late at night or get their dog. A, I mean, sorry, get their daughter a bicycle seat. Uh, it's a lot. Can this I mean, be honestly, the way uh, to, not to get too into it, but like I don't want to speak for other people, but the problem is not the pro- The total's crazy, right? If you say 500,000. Sure. Everybody else's salary. I'm saying uh, it not it's true. The other people in the office's salaries, other than Chase, not even speaking myself. The other, let's say the other two assistants. Let's leave me out of this. Were always ridiculously underpaid for what they did and how many hours they worked. But because they were doing all the work and they were doing most of the work, you know, like they were doing such a high percentage of work. They were around. Someone's available, like not twenty four seven, but close to twenty four seven. Someone's doing if he's traveling and there's like a plane. There's like. Think there's logistics that they, he needs someone available at all times or most times. And if they I'm paying paid someone, if I'm paying out five hundred grand a year to assistants, they better also be teaching my kids Chinese. They <laughs> but, better be like that's a full. Uh, you can get a college education. But this for is less. this is why it was so crazy. He's paying sixty percent of that five hundred thousand to a person who oversaw the assistants. Didn't actually really do most very many things. So that's why it was. So is so that hard. the norm? My question is, and this is the question I've been just getting getting for people. Again, I'm a conduit here. Is that the going rate for these celebrities? Five hundred grand? No, a year? no, no. I have no idea. I think the average person has like an executive assistant who probably makes. Anywhere. It depends on like a financial t- people who have a lot of money probably pay their executive assistants like 250 grand actually to, if they've been with them a long time, if they're older. It depends. There's like different types of executive assistants for people who don't know. The people who are more like right out of college yes. who want to work in whatever industry it is, they're the ones who get taken advantage of salary rise because they're like willing to, to get it on the resume. They want to work their way up. So you can get them. You can get them for a much cheaper and, and they'll do it for a year or two. Exactly. And then there's the older executive assistant types who are like, that's their career, you know, who like yes. they just work for they, – those are, those are great people, by the way. They'll never talk until they retire. But you get them because they've worked for multiple celebrities or multiple high worth – and they have all sorts of stories. And they're the people who – they make a good living though. Those people, they make six figures um, for sure. Can I ask uh, this? How does it feel to have the world know your salary? Is that odd? Because well, it's a salary it from like, like four, be- it was my salary like four or five years ago, so it's not whatever. It doesn't. Oh, mean so anything. that's not even close. So you're making <laughs> no, double? and I think I volunteered it because I wanted them to understand because they were trying. I didn't want them to paint like a brush of like, oh, you, you and Chase were the same. You know, like we're not on the same level at all. That she's 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 saying gender discrimination against because she's saying men made more than her because she's talking about a a personal trainer, I believe. Um, and I was saying that I, my oh, job was closer wait, wait, to hers than anybody else. And I made way wait, less wait, wait, wait. of her. Pause. Let me explain that one. So there's a quote that I wrote down and I believe it's from, it's from the trial, but they use it in a lot of these. I just read vulture, uh, vulture.com, whatever they are vulture, you know, um, they have this whole thing about basically just taking chase Graham Robinson's word and saying how horrible Robert De Niro w- was to work for, but it, all the quotes are from her. It's like all one source. A lot of them are doing that. And one of her quotes is that um, men were paid. She she was forced to do stereotypical women's work. This is from the Daily Mail. Robinson right. said she was forced to do stereotypical women's work while getting paid less than male colleagues. Now, let's take that piece by piece. Let's start with the second half. Getting paid less than male colleagues. You've just told me she's getting paid triple. You at more than triple. Right? Yeah. The, her so whole case, who, in my understanding, is based male on colleagues? he has a trainer. Uh, who's worked with him for like 40 years 
and it's a totally different job. And the guy like, well, it might seem like a lot of money for a personal trainer. He sacrifices his like personal life. Like he goes wherever Bob is in the world. He leaves his family, travels. He doesn't just train. He also runs lines with him. He serves as, he helps him out on set with other things. So it's not the same How job at all. How much did he make? I don't know. He made more than her. I don't actually know his salary. I'm not going to. Wow. But he, so, and it's, but it's, and it's ridiculous that she was so, I, I think I read, you know, you it's know, a I'm different the same job, as you said. Yeah. It's a different job. And like I, her, her, her testimony, I feel like she said something in effect where because he has kids, he was told like, and he has a family to support and she didn't, which is like ridiculous because, you know, now, she didn't have a family. It's not, it's not, it's not because, you know. Yeah. 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 Just, okay. So it, now let's get into this. Um, yeah. She said she was forced to do stereotypical women's work. Right. I, I don't know uh, how does that how does that sentence land for you? I mean, it sounds like there was no. I don't. Uh, Robert De Niro from the outside looking in didn't assign things based off a woman or a man. I mean, you were all assigned to do stuff that what an assistant would do: go get a bike thing. A yeah, bike and, 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 and some might say that's a woman. You know, I mean, first of all, he has a man there now in the office who does who's like more of an executive assistant who does a lot of the same stuff she was doing. So there's that one. Interesting. And 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 two, yeah, he doesn't care. Like he just. Bob's the kind of person who's like, you know, and I think this is probably true of a lot of celebrities or people who have been important for a long time. Everybody's sort of an assistant to them. You know, like if whoever's the closest person who he trusts in a room, like if you're, if you go somewhere with him and you're the person he knows the best, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever, and he's got to like go on, he's going to hand you his phone to hold or hand you his glasses or can you get me a drink? You know, like it's just, that's how it is when you're a A lister. So the idea, well, I would also say, take out the A lister. I mean, that's how I would be if I'm paying out now 900 grand we're up to, to uh, (laughs) these assistants. You just added, you're doing a running total here. The the personal trainer guy. You told me it was over 300 K. So I'm just doing the math myself. So if he's making 400, we're now up to almost a million dollars. I don't know what he's making. He just made more than 300. You're damn right. You're going to go be getting me my, you know, get my martini. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't expect that? It's insane. Um, All right. It's insane. And also, I just want to point out one thing that's, that's again, with the clips above her, she was in charge of his entire office. She hired every single person who worked for him. And she was very good at talking him into things like her salary, like her, you know, use the way basically everything she did, she talked him into in some way. The idea that she couldn't have talked him into a man being an executive assistant in that office. If she didn't want to hire a guy is ridiculous. She could have, there's not like, and he would have been fine with it. So the whole case falls apart upon any sort of like introspection or if that's a word, because she was the one in charge of everything. She was in charge of everything. She hired everybody, (laughs) everybody there. She says, I didn't like the way these people were hired. Well, you hired them. You hired everybody and you chose how much they were it's paid. It's like and they when were the all... president of the United States says, we got to fix government. Everyone's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're in government. Exactly. It. We got to dra- yeah. drain the swamp. <laughs> and yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah. what? They yeah. make, without getting it, I don't know actually what anyone makes now, but I guarantee that number is way less now because they took out the $300,000 income. <laughs> I mean, it better be. No, honestly. Yeah, yeah. If we've learned one thing, you don't need to pay 900 grand to assistance. Yeah, well, the trainer's not an assistant that you're making her case for you. <laughs> She's saying it is. So anyway, oh, whatever, five hundred, yeah, six hundred. You know what? But when you, you know make what millions mean. of dollars a year, it's all different. But yes, you you can you can you should balance the. You know, when you're a big when you're a big uh, when you're doing MSG Turner and you're hiring assistants, I can one guy. You, I'm not paying out nine hundred <laughs> grand. No offense to you, I would hire you for you know. But then, that's what I'm saying. 
Everyone would hire Kaplan. We're getting off track. Point is, Kaplan, we got to take a break. We're part of the World's Smartest Podcast Network. When we come back, we'll be with Cousin Terry. But uh, we are part World's Smartest Podcast Network. That is us. That is the Political Orphanage with Andrew Heaton. That is the Majoring in Everything podcast with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. Listen to us all. Um, just subscribe to everybody. We go on each other's shows. We do these roundtables. We love those people. Follow them. Support them. Listen to their shows. And uh, share our show with your friends, Cap. And now a word from your local sponsor. We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality lab-tested hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning half a treat at night and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something. But these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of uh, discomfort uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a, you know, she has a high quality of life because of uh, we take good care of her over here. And these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love Guy Provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the Pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these. Look at that. Uh, I love they you have can enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www.gaiaprovides.com. And, and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you want to, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. All right, we're back. And my cousin Terry is here. She worked at Delta Airlines for 21 years. Three of those specifically in Sky Miles fraud. There was a different name for it, but basically it was investigating fraud on Sky Miles. And so she's here because, as we said earlier, Graham Chase Robinson, it came out in the papers, was stealing, stole 5 million airline miles, according to Robert De Niro. Most of those, Kaplan, you said on the witness stand, came from Delta because she preferred only to fly Delta because it was her favorite airline. All of them came from Delta, yeah. That's her airline. Airline of choice. So I like that. It's a great airline. Yeah. I had a question, though, because I know Turner mentioned you were – bit of like a, a miles cop in your heyday you brought people down for stealing miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to protect myself. I don't have to plead the fifth or anything, but cause I, or many years ago before, uh, before, um, those 5 million, he, she had more miles. She transferred that he, uh, you know, sort of knew about years ago. And I used to be the person who would help cause they were from, it was basically like his American express card. Right. We would transfer them to his Delta account and she used some of those. Um, so I would have to call up because you had to do it by phone in those days. And like Bob's Robert De Niro's not going to call up Amex. So I would just pretend to be Robert De Niro on the phone. I'd be the, just kind of coughing a lot and doing my 
you know, I'm like, I do my like, I would just do my low talking Bob impersonation, which was terrible. But like, I didn't know if they even knew it was Robert De Niro, so I didn't know if I was worth doing it. So I would sort of half-ass it and then just be really gruff with them. And it, you know, it always worked. But I don't know. Am I gonna? Can I still go to jail, or is the statute of limitations okay? Or I'm sure the statute of limitations is gone. <laughs> so okay, yeah. good. So the question: Did you we, check the audio recordings ever? <laughs> so the so Terry and I are sharing a microphone here, so it's going to be a little tight. But the question yeah, we yeah. had, Terry, is uh, or no? I guess let's see who who should answer this question. The idea being, from what I understand, and you can explain it. But if you tell tell us what happens if you steal someone's airline miles at Delta. Okay, so you can you can give miles to anyone you want. Give them. You can, you know, right. take get a ticket from your miles, put somebody else's name on it. That's fine. That's transferring the miles. What you can't do is sell the miles. Like back in the day on USA Today uh, paper, they used to have people in there that would say, I'll buy your miles. That's illegal. Mm. Uh, they also, she had to have had a pen in order to get those miles from his account. So the question is, did he give her a PIN number or did she change? Right. Well, to explain. Yeah. Well, what she did is there was two things she did. One was she took like the American Express account from our, that she would, his American Express account, she would transfer them to his Delta account right. and use those to buy tickets directly from his account because we had access to it. She had access to it. And two, she would transfer things from her Amex account to her own Delta account. And I don't know how she did that other than she had access online. I think she just did it online. So that's a, uh, if you have access to someone's American Express account, that's where the loophole is. Right. So, but, uh, and I, and I used to do the, 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 the former, the transferring it to his Delta account. That's the thing I did in the, before it was online when you would just call up and be like, I want to transfer 999,000 miles to my Delta account. Right. Name is De Niro. Birthday, nineteen forty-three. You know, like all that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah. So that's, but they, there was no pin or anything. So they, I think maybe they, they. That's why they they stopped doing that. So uh, it is it is crazy though because you can. I mean, once you have the mile, if you have access to any freaking flyer account, you can just book flights. There's no doesn't have to be for the person, right? So. Right. Yeah. If you have access, but the question is, did he give her access? That's what. That's the question. Yeah. There was that. Well, here's the thing that I, whether he, she, he gave her access years ago is debatable. I think he did, but he didn't know the scope of it. But the thing that's not debatable that I'm sure came up in trial, I wasn't there for it, but I know, uh, is that she took like 4 million of those miles the last like few months when she, and she didn't, it wasn't the argument earlier was like, Oh, I use these. I can't always book my flights cause you make me work so much. So I have to book them in the last second. But these are all flights that are booked after she worked for him. So like, there was no, there's no argument. And he had, they asked for the miles back, and she said, "No, I'm keeping them." So uh, I don't know. So is Delta there any way you could call Delta and be like, "Give us those miles, just tra- take them out of her account"? <laughs> so. so when we used to find people that sold a ticket, like sold the miles um, or took miles, we would in, in inhibit the account, and we would redeem double the miles that they sold. So in other words, if they sold 150,000 miles to somebody, we would take 300,000 and, and um, inhibit the account. So for 5 million miles? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lot. A lot. <laughs> so, so, he's, so you could give him back his miles? 
No, I have nothing to do with it anymore. No, <laughs> no, no Terry's retired. But so, so the idea is, am I understanding this correctly? So she stole 5 million miles from him. What Delta would do back then when you were there, we can't say what they would do now, but back then they would um, cancel her account, like block her account, freeze it. She's accounts done. And then would, because it was 5 million, they would give Robert De Niro 10 million miles. Is that what you're saying? No, it would it would be up to whatever the attorneys decided that they wanted to do because that's a lot of miles, you know that is a lot of miles. <laughs> that's that's but, like what was that movie with George Clooney up in the air or whatever where he had like the the yes. American that was American Airlines but yeah that, that's like Gold Club Major if you have that many miles. And then what what would happen? So someone stole five million miles. You were telling me yesterday that how much was each mile worth right. when you were there? Yeah, when I was there, it was worth uh, three cents a mile. Is how it was credited. So that's $150,000. Yeah. To do the math quick. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a real so claim. if you stole $150,000 from someone, you go to jail. Right. I mean, did anyone and ever. That's where it becomes like. Did anyone ever, uh, Terry, did anyone that- ever go to jail because of the miles? No, they never went to jail, but the attorneys uh, would go after these people and do some type of. Uh, like we're having them pay back something, you know, but they, nobody ever went to jail that I know of. Even even the big ones that were really selling them. There was a travel agency. I'm not going to say where it was in Texas, but there was a travel agency that would sell the miles because of the pipeline in Alaska. And all the people up in Alaska didn't have the money to go back and forth, so they would sell the miles. And so what so happened? Maybe you need to make an example. Okay, so what they would do is um, Joe Blow wanted to get a ticket to Alaska because he wanted to work on the pipeline, and he contacted somebody, a friend or whoever it was, and they would sell him the ticket. If we found out about that, we would take the ticket and we would freeze it, and they could not use that ticket, even if they were in transit. So basically, this should be the end of Graham Chase Robinson gallivanting on Delta Airlines throughout the world. Yeah, I wonder if she's used them all up yet. I don't know if that's come up yet, or because five million. Uh, yeah, that yeah, feels like a lot to use up. Flights. She, if you fly to Europe, it's a few hundred thousand each way. It could be like four hundred thousand for a round trip, and um, so that's like ten flights though to get to five million at least. And in LA, you know, the thing is, and this is the the lesson out there. It's like very easy to to get things if people don't understand what they're giving you. So. It's pretty smart on her part. Someone like Robert De Niro has no idea what frequent flyer miles are. He doesn't use them. He doesn't save miles. He doesn't be like, oh, I, had, I just earned th- triple points on that meal. He's not thinking that way. So when you say to him, oh, can I use your miles to get a, a flight to LA or whatever? To him, it's like, oh, good, good. Instead of paying you, you know, he doesn't do the math that like, I just gave this person and he didn't authorize the 5 million, but let's just say he did. He would never do the math and be like, oh, I just gave this person $150,000. Like that wouldn't be how that I could be using. You know? So, <laughs> like, and so. W- uh, this is the last question I think for, for Terry. If if he did not authorize those 5 million miles, then what does that mean legally? So if he did not authorize her to take the miles out, the attorney could go after her. Yes. Which is probably mm. what they need to do. Yes. And he needs to change. I think a change. Turner should be the lawyer on this case. And yeah. You should be the expert <laughs> yeah, witness. Right. <laughs> you, you, should, you should be, Terry, what are you going to wear to court? What jacket will you wear? You need well, to start I'm not planning your wear wardrobe. The, if we can get you. I'm not going to wear the jacket that you wore. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to lend it to you. But uh, yeah. if we could fly you in and we can get you on a flight, the case is still going on as we speak. Maybe you could be the final witness that puts this case, uh, puts this to rest. Yes. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. See, we'll, are you uh, listening, we'll New York Coast? Coast? Are you listening, Independent yeah. UK? Get, are, they'll get you right off the airport. When you come down the plane, like when a, when the basketball team arrives or something, you'll just get a picture of Terry coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and now getting in a She's little Delta to car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The only <laughs> request we have is if, if Terry, if Cousin Terry's going to fly from Oregon to New York City to testify, we want James Edstrom's to be the paparazzi that follows oh, her yeah. off the airport. Yes. Yeah. We, we'll <laughs> sell him the story. <laughs> yep. The official paparazzi of the pod. Last last question for Terry. What do you think? Uh, okay, throw out that this person stole five million miles from somebody. What do you think about the idea that all she demanded she would only fly Delta Airlines and that she called American oh. Airlines first class in quotes, basically coach? <laughs> I think that that's the smartest thing she ever said. <laughs> do you Delta think we can get? We, can you call? Do you think her settlement is like her? She could become like a spokesperson, and all the advertising money gets paid to Bob until she works off her her severance. There for, you go for the money she stole. You're, so yeah. she could do an ad campaign, hundred fifty grand. The first hundred fifty grand goes to Bob. There, there's a settlement. I just figured it out. Yeah. All right, the new spokesman for Delta Airlines, oh. Graham Chase Robinson, cousin Terry. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. We will be right back uh, to close this thing out. All right, we're back. That was cousin Terry Cap. Thank you, Cousin Terry. That was fantastic stuff. Yeah. And so Graham Chase Robinson potentially belongs in prison. Um, you know, I hope, I don't know if De Niro's lawyers are listening to this, but I, I assume the world is probably listening to this. Well, you uh, know, do with yeah. that information what you will. Yeah. And I will say that they're, they're in court because something just came off the wire. I'm getting the Google alerts. And they dropped an article from the Daily Mail about what's the latest in this case. And they said that a therapist testified today that, uh, basically said that Chase has like a narcissist disorder and is like delusions of grandeur, all these things that we all knew that I could have told you that she thought she was like him. She thought she was better than she herself. Like she, she has all these issues. And I, I want you to, cause you were talking about salaries earlier, you know? Yes. You were, talking about, you were giving me a hard a time. Yeah. And you were giving me a hard time. I was I, never I, giving I want, you a hard time. <laughs> I said you combined – for over 500,000, is that normal was my question. In the, I don't know about the celebrity world. Maybe a, a personal assistant does uh, deserve 500,000. I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to – I just don't want to keep going at people's salaries. But I will say – this caught my eye. This therapist studied her for seven hours, like seven sessions, right? This is hired uh, by Robert De Niro, this therapist. Hired by right? the – how much do you think you get – how much do you think you pay someone for that? What would you guess if I just told you? Like you mean I'm seven paying, hours I'm Robert De Niro. I'm paying paying my lawyer to talk with someone for seven hours. Paying a therapist to talk to someone for seven hours, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I would pay a lawyer. Lawyers, even the highest in, make like a thousand an hour, right? So I'm gonna say on and say add something to that. High end would be ten thousand dollars, but I mean that's really high end. I would say probably seven thousand dollars. Ninety grand. $90,000, 90K, 90 Whoppers. That is how much a person was paid to, 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 to tell the world what every single assistant or janitor or driver or anybody who's ever met, been in our office, handyman, <laughs> anybody from Special CA, ops. the agency, from anybody who's ever dealt with us at all, travel agent, anybody could have told you is that she's a crazy person. And I spent 11 years of my life 
being daily, being, you talk about armchair therapist. I was her therapist too for 11 years. I had to talk to her. I was trapped in the phone, trapped in coffee shops, trapped everywhere, going over all sorts of things. And I need to set a bill because I did not, I undercharged is what I'm trying well, to well, First of all, 90 grand. I mean, mind blowing. For 90 grand, I'm going to tell you this. And you can tell me mm. if we have to take this out of the pod, we can take it out of the pod. But for, if I'm paying someone 90 grand, I'm damn well getting the diagnosis that I paid for. I'll tell you <laughs> that. that well, no, you can take, leave that in. I mean, that, that would be her, that would be a big, a big score for her, I guess, to say that. Yes. Because you get, you get what you, you get for 90 grand, you better get the right result. <laughs> you better get the right results. My 90 it's grand Dr. would be contingent upon whatever the, you, you come back with. But wait, so my question here is what you said, what, give me an example. You said you were her therapist as well. Cause she had this delusions of grandeur. She thought you and her were good friends, right? Even though you secretly didn't like her the entire time. Well, no, no. She, she sort of suspected that no one liked her in a way. She thought she had some people who were friends. At times we were friendly. I'm not saying we weren't, we, we, you know, not friendly, but at times we got along. It was fine. You got along. But yeah, we, we were civilized um, because, you know, ultimately we had a, a situation where we did different things, you know? So like you were asking me earlier about my job. What did I do as a, as a personal assistant, as you called it? You know, like I would do, um, she didn't like to do the events, Partly because she claimed, you know, that people, his ex-wife didn't like her or whatever. But I think it was really that she was like awkward there. She didn't want to be like a – she came from money. I don't think she wanted to go to events and be seen as like a, an assistant at an event with people who could be friends of her, her mom or people she knew. When events, so, you mean like the, the Met Gala or Saturday Night Live yeah, party? Yeah, stuff like that. These yes. Kind of All, anything. Like literally anything from Saturday Night Live, today, any like TV appearance to well, like – show. rich – yeah, you know, like there's that joke David in Annie Hall when he when he says that like all they do is like give out awards in L.A. It's like best yes. fascist dictator Adolf Hitler. That's that's what it's like in New York too. On a there's always every night there's a function for some charity, right? And every yes. night they just pick some random famous person that we're going to give you some award they made up just to get you to come, you know, yes. to, so they can get out. So many times that person was Robert De Niro. Other times he was just there because he's friends with the person who wins or something like that. So he'd be at all these events all the time. I would go with him. I was like the um, security, but I was also like the uh, security, you know, sort of like the security guy. Hold the phone. (laughs) You were security. Well, like not like I wasn't like bashing people away. Like um, I wasn't authorized to use like force on people. But did you have a gun? uh, No, I did not carry a gun. (laughs) But at least, you know, as security, you know how to shoot a gun, right? I can't even wink, as you know. I can't even aim a gun. No, but what I was what armed about to you do. Have some type of martial arts training, I would assume, as security for. <laughs> I watched Karate Kid many times as a kid. Uh, <laughs> that was my training. I practiced the Danielson leg up move. You know, were you genuinely security? Or are you saying that jokingly? Well, no, unofficial security, more like mental, more like intelligence security. So, like, what I mean by that is, I would get to a place early and figure for 500 out. Five hundred grand, like this, I'm getting a better yeah, security I, guy. Than I you. essentially ask somebody to to where's the secret entrance, where's the exit, so that I could sneak them in if I wanted mental to, sneak security. them out, go yeah. through the kitchen, like that scene in Goodfellas when they're walking through the kitchen, they're eating the you know the club Coca Cabana or something. So, I did stuff like that, and then I would also like get his drinks, you know, like he, this is in the paper, so I'm not portraying any confidence. This came out once, but he had a very specific martini order for when I was yes, there and, and I would go there and make sure they knew how to make it. And I, so that, you know, I, so you sometimes would go, I'd make it myself. So you would get there before him, say it's a Saturday, Saturday night live party or something. Yeah. And you would as security, uh, like a normal security, <laughs> security. officer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I you have a shirt my, on that said I had a license. I had a badge. I said, I'm here for, <laughs> I'm with a beverage and a security. Are so, Robert De Niro's friends like you, like making fun of it? Like they're like, you can't hire like a guy uh, at least over six foot tall, like a, a bigger security. Well, guy? he didn't, he didn't discriminate. You know, that would be a, uh, that would be offensive. No. So, sure. you know, I work. So the, then you these would, places at security, yeah. you would go early and you'd go coach the bartender on how to make the martini. Did you ever do that? I would coach them how to make the martini and make sure they had the right ingredients. Um, I would, they would know. So they'd see me. Cause you know, the big thing is, is that you get to a busy party and it's hard to get a drink and you want to get it fast. So they, yes. uh, they'd be like, they'd see me coming and I wouldn't be, they'd, be, they'd just start making it. A lot of times they wouldn't be serving it to anyone else. And people be like, I want one of those. And I'm like, nope, can't get it. So <laughs> that, that was my follow up. After a while, did all of these bartenders know who you were? Like, oh, here comes De Niro's guy. They know who I was to the point where um, I would show up to places sometimes when he wasn't going. Like, if I got in, if I got invited, like with some maybe like Mr. Weber or somebody else invited me to like a, a swanky party somewhere or one of the places Michael where he H. might Weber, go. I'm glad you mentioned his name. We'll give his quote in just a minute on this whole thing. But yeah, go ahead. so sometimes I would go to a place and they would see me and they would like uh uh uh, uh, uh they would get nervous. I just, I'd watch the whites go out of their eyes because they'd be like, uh oh, I don't have the I don't have the Hendrix gin. I don't I didn't know you're coming. I'm like, no no no, I'm not coming with him. I'm coming by myself. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry. You can make me whatever you want to drink. Whatever. Oh, so I'll you drink. didn't abuse because I would have abused that. No. I, I would I didn't. Have, of course. I, I would have said, well, he's coming in a minute, but in the meantime, give me that martini. And then I'd slug no, it down. No, no, no. You gotta, I mean, maybe you help to get yourself into places if you had to, but yeah, I, I, in fact, you know how powerful it was literally uh, three days ago, I was at some bar in Long Island city and the guy recognized me. He used to work at a, at a, <laughs> at a place. He's like, I remember you. What about, like, so. wait, I have, I, I have a memory of when I recorded my first album, 2019 at the Friars club, you came in to come in your family and you were bringing everybody to dinner first to the Friars club. And then you were going to go upstairs and watch the show. And the Friars club didn't charge you. They gave you and your family an entire free meal because you were De Niro's guy. Do you remember that? I didn't know that because I wasn't paying. My family was going to pay. So I didn't even, they didn't even tell me. Did they really? <laughs> yes. There was no charge. Okay. Well, they yeah. They told me at go. the end. They go, don't worry, Turner. We took, we took care of De Niro's guy. And I'm like, oh, I'll have to send him Kaplan? A <laughs> yeah, took care of Kaplan? Then. I was like, why'd you me. do that? I would go to events because De Niro was a friar and I would go to events at the Friars Club. That's one of the places I went with him. He was so, a yeah. friar. I mean, he was, he, he spoke at the roast. Yeah, but okay. But yeah. so was I, they didn't take care of my parents had paid that night. I was the one recording the album upstairs. I brought 200 <laughs> people to the club. My parents had to pay Dr. Bob and Jan. I guess they were paying for you. Well, big, you should bring it up with them. They never paid. Yeah. Well, they sorry about that. I, I never, next time you're recording, I promise they won't take care of me. Next time but, uh, the Friars Club's out of business because of people uh, like you. <laughs> They were giving everything away for free. I was mooching off my parents. I didn't care if they paid or not. <laughs> wow, they didn't pay. But I think, and I, I told the Friars Club, you've made a grave mistake. He can't mm. do anything because he's a man of honor. I said, mm. this won't influence his... They wanted De Niro to come in more, and they thought if they gave oh. you a free meal, then that... And I said, trust me, it's not going to... That won't do anything. Not only was I a man of, or, or, of honor, but like, you know, it, it was always, it's not, what am I going to do? Go up to Bob and be like, can you, you should go to the Friars Club more often. And he'd be ridiculous. listening to me. It's why they're out of business. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so I was saying what my job was and then can I explain, cause you know, we touched on her title of VP of production and finance. Yeah. She was, a, she was VP of production for a company that didn't produce anything. Right. So can I, you know, I said that we did home movies and that was really speaking of myself, what she did. Okay. <laughs> can I give you a yes. few things, a few examples of things she did? She 
made holiday cards. What I mean by that is she made uh, holiday cards and birthday cards. So like instead of going to like, you know, the store to buy a birthday card like everyone else. Yes. She would find a photo and spend like hours looking for a photo of the person whose birthday it is of them and Bob. Right. <laughs> and then she would have it printed out and she would decorate it like with like little like if it was like a Christmas card, she put like a Santa hat on Bob and like stuff like that. She was okay. hours on each one of these. Like this was a work of art. OK, <laughs> this is one thing she did. She did like. um. Wait, can I pause you there? I have questions. Yeah, sure. So each person, so Robert De Niro is sending out Christmas cards, like most people do, or holiday, whatever Hanukkah cards, and uh, and but most people, you, I would make one, and then send everyone gets the same one. Are you saying that each person got an individualized one, and it was a picture of them and Robert De Niro together, like the hundreds of people? Everybody who was like, you know, like his family members, like clo- like anybody close family members, and also for their okay, birthdays. So this was a big or, or close friends. production. Yeah. yeah, big part of everything. And also, like, he has calendars, like, you know, like, he likes to have calendars. He's a big family guy. So he likes to have calendars of pic- with pictures of his family members, you know, in, in all the rooms he's, you know, like his family, you know, main rooms, gym, you know, like in his homes and all places. Okay. And normal people would be like, like, I, you know, you go through, you, you like look at photos, you pick October, January, you know, you pick all the months, you yeah. find one of each kid, whatever. It's not, a, it's a project. She looked at it like this was a, a way to show her worth again. She would print up like hundreds of pictures, like every picture taken, because she'd like throw them on the floor of the office, have all the assistants help her with this and be like, get me one of this person. Get me one of that person. She'd have, they'd be there. I'm not exaggerating when there was a time when they were there at like three in the morning because I had to have them done the next day. Like she would like, this is a type when you say like, this is like a people- calendar. There's websites. You can do these in 10 minutes. Right. So like you always fear with using his pictures, like sending them out to places, maybe they'll turn up somewhere. But um, again, yeah, exactly. You could do these very fast. There's and no sending a, them out. Like the website company is not, they don't know who it is. They're not physically even looking at it. It's all automated. It's you put it in a yeah. web, you put it on the website. It pops up a split second later onto a calendar, like an example of what yours might look like. You, you click yes. And then it's out. Yeah. Well, Tell that to her. She didn't like to do things that she always liked to do things. This type of, like if I was the therapist, she would like to do things the most inefficient way that would take the longest amount of time and make the most inconvenience for everyone. Cause she was making 300,000 a year. Right. But then like to complain about it, like she works by her own, her own worth. Right. So she would like with Christmas time again, she would spend all night wrapping gifts or she would, you know, she would have these, um, uh, you know, one of the other things she did was, she um scouted she would call it like if she if you met her right and you say what do you do for bob right she go oh i have to go uh location scouting she would say that to people right like you think like oh this is a movie productions you go shoot scout locations right but there's no production no her what she said she would tell people this is delusions of i'm a location scout but that meant i would go if it was a place he had never gone before and he wanted to like get a hotel room you know like he's gonna stay for a while a house she would go look at them. She would say, I'll go look at them. Like the internet didn't exist or like phone pictures don't exist. I will go look at them in person for you. Right. Wait, <laughs> are you saying will- like, if he's like, I want to take my family to Italy. And <laughs> for example, I mean, say for example, yeah. he's never been to Italy. She'll go, I'll go first. And so it's not a location scout for a film. It's literally no, for no, a personal it, vacation. It would be, it would, Combining the two, be at a location scout for a fi- like if he was shooting, like not if he was going on vacation in a league. She couldn't get away with that. She never figured that out yet. But like if okay. he had to shoot a, if he had to shoot in like South Carolina, 
Yes. And they have all these like fancy homes. Like rich people stay in for like, you're going to be there for two months. Like she an Airbnb. Go, and he I'm, wants to rent like right, a fancy Airbnb. Exactly. And she would stay in like the Four Seasons or whatever the nicest hotel is. And she'd bring an assistant with her. <laughs> and the whole thing was to get on a power trip because all these people, you're, you're not in New York, not in LA. They treat you like you're, you're Robert De Niro's representative. They treat you yes. like amazing. She would sit in the rooms, order room service, live the life. She would say like, this is how you travel. Like have an assistant with her who, so she could demean the person or, you know, I've heard stories where she'd make them like leave the door open when they peed and stuff. Cause she wanted to make sure they were like, I don't know, doing something else in it. Like, I don't know, not like, oh uh, like doing work. Like she was like very controlling. Are you like, listening? New York post. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I had to give that one for the post. Yeah. I don't even know the reason. So I, I really, I started saying that knowing that I could say the reason I don't even know why the reason would be just to control somebody, I guess. So that's what it was. Very controlling and very crazy and very like, I want to feel important kind of thing. But Graham most of Chase it Robinson like, forced assistants to leave the door open when they peed. There's your headline. Yes. There's her headline. And she would like, it was like a very like, um, you know, the difference, like I'm making jokes, but even when I worked there, like I wouldn't do it on podcasts, but I would joke about the dumb stuff I would do all the time because I was aware I went, I'm a college graduate and I'm doing like this stupid, you know, a lot of this stuff is like yeah, ridiculous. But if you, you made mean that picking joke to up her, a dog or something like that. Yeah. Or like, like, oh, here, or last example I'll give, because we did this together and we didn't do a lot of projects together, but we went, uh, down to Miami once we needed to like check out, a, a an apartment that was a that no one was living in. Right. We literally had to go there and like dump the stuff out, throw everything out, go to a storage facility and like get everything out of the storage facility. It was like, didn't need to be a two person job. And it certainly didn't need to be a job where you went and stayed at like the Nobu hotel and ate at Nobu and, Yes. Took a car service around, but that's how it was, we were doing it. And we went to dinner with some people, friends of mine. And I just remember making, like making a joke about, we couldn't, we went to this storage facility in like this part of Miami where you, you would know it's like not the best part of town. High the storage district. I don't remember. It's it like on, it was like next to like a it was like next to like a shopping center where it was like, like, you know, you can get like Cuban food really cheap or stuff like that. I don't know, but okay, she wouldn't eat there. I, nice yeah, maybe it anyway, but you know, they wouldn't let us in because we weren't on the thing. And I was just making fun of how insane it was that all this money was spent for these two idiots to go down to Miami. And she just was like, what do you mean? Like she didn't like in her mind, this was like very important work. This was like a super important project. (laughs) She didn't see the humor and how stupid this all was. She, no. So that was the difference. Like, so all these things, you know, she would say like, I am doing, and it was true. Like Bob did appreciate the holiday cards and all those touches, but it was like, she created the expectation. Like I'll do this for you. And now it's like, I did all these things for you kind of thing. You know, it's like, you can't have it. So that, that was to, to describe her job in a nutshell. Hence a little the $90,000 diagnosis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, uh, did you, I were there any questions of yours? Yeah. A couple last questions. So uh, what about, what about during down, like how much downtime did you have? Because they said, and I believe this is early on, but it was said through research from people in your office. I guess I'll put it that way that she had watched all 11 seasons of friends <laughs> while on the clock. And you knew that. How did you all know that? Because of a, it was a, a password, Netflix password that only she had access to at work or something like that. No, there was a Netflix, an office Netflix account. So, okay. um, you know, but I knew we just knew it was her because nobody else was watching these things. So like, you know, I Could had it access be to that it. She went home and logged into the account. She did watch it at home. No, no, we had we all knew that. You know, with, with uh, Netflix has changed things now. It's hard to do this, but you could be logged in on like seventeen devices back then. So this wasn't even this wasn't like costing him any money or anything. It just was like the time of like it was a headline. 
It was, well, no, it was just like she would, I would look at this document. I've seen it where like she watched the entire season of friends in one day. So it's like on all, it's like a psychopath behavior. Of like, oh, wow. Free, oh, that part like, was it. She watched a whole season in one day. Um, maybe not one day, but you know what I mean? Or two days, but very like insane binging, insane binging. It's a good show, so. but yeah, even that's, that's too much. But um, the down, about, you say the downtime, no, the rest of us yeah. would be working. We would be working. Um, and she would say she was working and I'm sure she did do some work while they were on. Cause like the phone does ring. There are emails to answer, but like, yeah, you're not, um, he's not were you focused, all running you know, his watching, books uh, as well? Or did he have a whole separate accounting department? No, no. Yeah. He's got an accounting team. Yeah. Yeah. We, this is so like his this personal, personal assistant office spent office money, but didn't even cover that part. No, but so that's where the, you know, when I say the VP of production and finance, I think the finance part comes in. That's because she, yeah, she would, oh, so she would try to, this is the, so much of this case of why this is so fascinating to everybody who like, who knows the situation is that they're just like, I think Bob said it once in like a text message that they released or something, but it's like the chutzpah. Like, I love that he used the word chutzpah. He's like an honorary Jew. Um, yeah. The ultimate chutzpah of all this is that like, you know, she was the one who over, who was constantly like, everybody else is like stealing from you out to get you. Not everyone else is terrible at their job. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you Bob, why everyone's bad at their job. And she managed, she wanted to like control as much of his finances as possible. Like she wanted to be the one we pay the bills, not them or cause she was looking out for him. No one else is looking out for him. And so that's why it's amazing. Cause like if I'm her, like, and this is again, goes back to like, she was so like delusional that she wouldn't see this way, but I would be like, it sucks. I lost this job. I made three hundred thousand dollars. I had an amazing run. I I have wait, all wait, these miles. Three hundred thousand a year. <laughs> a year. I could take this job. I had a great run. I could relax for a little bit and then use this on the resume to like get another to trick someone into getting another job, or I could file a lawsuit. You know, like like so like the chutzpah that she's filing a lawsuit and saying like um, you know, what, about all these. You know, it's like she was the one who had all the control, uh, you know, she was the one who had all the control and all the money. And yet she's the one who of course was abusing it. So, but Cap, this now, is it come, what, now it's come out. This is what grifters do. This is what scam mm. artists do is they scam you until you figure out the scam. And then they sue you for figuring out the scam. I think that's a very common move from people who have a different reality from the rest of us. Yeah. You, you don't, it's like, it's like the OJ thing of catching the real killer. Like when you believe yes. like, I 100% believe that she believes a lot of what this nonsense she's saying because, like, she was the victim in her mind. She would complain, like, with no self-awareness to me, she would complain to me about how hard she worked when, like, I would have been making a fraction of what she made and might have been doing something else and buried yes. in it. You know, like, there was just never any self-awareness. And, she, you know, these the people in the office who made, like – a fraction, even a bigger fraction of what she made. And she was so on top of them about their expenses. Like they had to get everything approved by her and she would complain if they, if she thought they abused any, you know, the slightest bit, it was like, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really an unbelievable look into a psychology of a crazy person. One or two last questions. Um, yeah. and this has come is, is, I guess it's legal. Cause a lot of this, a lot of this uh, trial has come from secretly recorded phone conversations. So I didn't know it was legal to secretly record phone conversations and much less to show them they were permissible in court. It, but it is, I guess. Yeah. Right? I mean, my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, to seek legal counsel before recording people. But I do believe it depends on the state. I think in New York, it's a one party consent, consent, consent state. 
So you can that's record crazy. people. That's nuts. like in California, I believe the other person you have to tell the person. Or some if it's a two party yeah. state, you could you have to tell the person you're being recorded. New York, you can record people. I of course never would do that. It seems insane. But, as I said in the stand, it, it seems like a betrayal. But is it you can record anyone, or is it, does the fact that it happened on an office phone does that have to do with it? Like if you and I talk on the phone tomorrow. Can Graham somehow be recording us? Graham Chase Robinson? And then all of a sudden, well, she has to be on the call. You have to, you basically, there's like, you could either use a recorder or there's like an app. The irony is that there was an app when I forget the reason we wanted to tape a phone call because it was like, um, I think it was like a research thing for a movie. He was like, Bob was like talking to someone. Yeah. Uh, Oh no, I should have brought this up. He was like talking to someone and he wanted to like hear their like dialect, but it was like, they knew they were being taped. It's just, we wanted to tape a phone call. So I showed him this app once and she probably was there. So anyway, I helped her with that, I guess. But yeah, she taped me. Oops. I understand. And she taped a bunch of other people. And it's just fascinating to me that when you're trying to win over a jury, I'm no expert, you know, but the idea that you are taping yourself, you're taping other people without their consent and then using that as evidence when the evidence is like you are, I think I look, I haven't heard these tapes. I'm just rid of reading, but I, I think. It's like she's complaining about things about the job. That's her evidence. You know, <laughs> like it's her talking. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Her evidence it's really, is that, it's not, that I'm mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, a, there's no, there yeah, because if she taped Bob, I mean, I promise you, if she taped Bob saying something that was bad for him, that would be all over the papers. And so I haven't seen that in any so of the papers. Her so, evidence yeah. is she recorded herself on the phone and then it's stuff she said. Like, I mean, it's a circular and it's like, thing. I, and it's like, if I'm like on, on the phone call, like nodding in agreement, uh, if they would, they didn't ask me about this, but if they did, I'd be like, you don't understand talking to Chase was like, it was like a form of water, tor- a torture. Like when you go in and you confess to a crime you didn't do. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure this actually got Bob to agree to things. If he did agree to any of the thing is like, you just wanted her to stop talking. She would like get you alone and just not get off the phone or not stop talking about something. And you just be, you would just nod and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, of course, of course to get off the phone. So like, you know, that's Can your I, evidence. We're going long here, but I have, I also want to, so what is, cause in her mind, yeah. In her mind, you guys were friends before this, or at least you were cordial. You were okay. How has she treated you since then? I know you probably don't talk outside of court, but has there been anything in court to speak of? Like, does she look at you a certain way? Has she motioned to you? No, I mean, it's a little, yeah, that, I mean, it's got to be uncomfortable for you um, saying these, saying this person's a psycho right in front of the person while the person's looking at you. I will say this, the, the, the fact that she taped me and stuff like that um, helped me not like if I, cause I am in a good, she was very bad to a lot of people, but she was, we were friendly. So I did feel, I would feel bad. I did feel bad towards the end of her, you know, her time, Um, you know, that I was kind of like. (laughs) <laughs> to a party but you know so they brought this up well here's the thing I, I you know i she i know from other people things she said about me when i wasn't around i know i've heard recordings of her screaming about me uh, you know which oh, really? maybe we'll okay. release those yeah she, so and, you tapes. know she was very nice yeah she was very nice to you know uh my kids she was nice to me with using bob's money for gifts and stuff come holiday season but that was motivated by self-interest she wanted me to protect her scratch your back i scratch yours kind of thing i would help her get nice <laughs> oh, gifts. so hey don't bring um, up back scratching yeah, scr- in this trip. oh yeah don't bring up back ba- yeah po- no pun intended but um but you know she she probably she, the last I, I had a phone conversation with her the day i had a heart attack like she was calling me at like six in the morning that day or like she was like always it was like you know drove me nuts like she was so invested in this job so it would it would it was it was give um, you a heart attack 
it, he literally gave me a heart attack. And I will say the last thing I'll say on that is they brought this up in court. Um, but they, you know, she sent me like an email, like a week after she left a very nice email of like walk down memory lane. And, you know, I, I waited a few days and I replied and I like went like point by point And I said, you know, nice things about her. And so they brought this up at court as like a gotcha. And it was like, you, did you not say you're a very hard worker? And you set a great example. Did you not say? And I yeah. was like, I was like, you know, she sent me a nice email. It was a very nice email. I replied with a very nice email, you know, like any normal human being would do, or because it's the yeah. human thing to do. And, um, yeah, you I, thought, lied. I think, I think, no, that was, that's the truth. I, yeah, I lied. Exactly. I lied because lied it's like, why email, kick some, in the email. why kick Not someone the when they're down? Like literally at that point she was so, she loved that job. She quit the job, but she did love the job so much. She would get like, <clears throat> you know, she would get like a high off of like when, you know, when Bob was nice to her, when he thought she did a good job, she would be buzzing. She nice. was like super, she loved that job so much. So like, I knew she was down the idea. What I mean? Yeah. When it's just to be like, ignore her or say like, Hey, you, you know, so, um, I admit. So yeah. Anyway, I think the jury liked that to get back to, we didn't even talk about my testimony for the, t- for the analysis of the testimony. You got to go to the Patreon show. That's where I, that's where I've been doing. That's all where that. you go. But let me ask the same question again. Cause you, you kind of talked around it. How did she, how has she been oh, right. yes. treating you in court when she sees you? Is there anything odd there? Okay. Well, I only went to court once. I didn't go. Um, I only went the day I testified. I mean, it is open to the public. My understanding, you can just kind of like, uh, it's fascinating. I mean, you could just kind of get in there and just get in the back. Yeah. Um, you didn't tell any of us. I speak for all the listeners when I say we would have <laughs> liked to have gotten a heads up. We would have been there. I mean, I would, maybe if I, I would, I almost was late. I mean, I was late. I almost missed it, you know, cause I couldn't find the court. Sugar I, Brady I, I, would anyway. fly in from Portland, Oregon. For this. <laughs> it was like, it all was, I wish you guys were there only because we'll like the, the whole case has felt like the Seinfeld finale to me where like all these characters that I've been like for years have been part of this circus are all testifying. Yeah. So it would be great. And I saw, I saw some of them in the audience too. So it'd be great to have had more. Um, but yeah, no, to answer your question, I didn't, we had a deposition that was on zoom a while ago. That was like nine hours. I, I, that was much more uncomfortable because she was just like there. She wasn't allowed to talk. Um, I had to talk about her for nine hours. I tried to put her on speaker mode. So I didn't see. Yeah. yeah. Um, in court, it was actually really easy because it was like, you're off to the side and you've seen, it's just like on TV. That's what a courtroom looks like. And her side's the the other way. And I was trying to make eye contact with both her lawyer and the jury. So I really didn't look over her direction very often. When I did, we never really made eye contact. Um, okay. I could have like, honestly, if I want, if I had the acting chops, you know, I don't have the acting chops, but if I had them, there was like moments when I, I, or I don't think of a thing still late. I'm very like, my whole testimony was like the Seinfeld jerkster episode. I was like, I should have said that. I should have said that. That would have been a great line. <laughs> but, um, uh, but if I would have thought of a couple of the th- like there was moments when like I should have like addressed her because it would have really like hammered it home with how ridiculous like the thing about the, you know, taping phone calls like that when they asked me like, have you ever taped a phone call? And I, would you ever tape chase on a phone call? And I said, no, I'm a, that's a huge betrayal of a friendship or something. I should like you said that? I, I said that I'm like, I should have like looked at her and I said that, but I of didn't. course, so of but, course, yeah, but anyway, Kaplan, but that anyway, is it. That. The last question I've had, this is from a number of people is, are you using this now? This is a real question. Are you using this to further your comedy career is what multiple people have asked me. I mean, I've told you this, uh, I think I tw- uh, that it is, um, I think it's a great room. I think all comedians should try to, uh, up and comers should try to testify at some point because it's very uncomfortable. A lot of the people are stiff. They're not a fun crowd, but the jury yeah. wants to laugh. The jury's bored out of their minds. They want you to entertain them. 
So making that jury laugh did, I have to be like, this is the performer in me. I was like, ups, I was like really nervous about going in. I was like not dr- excited about it. When it was over, I was bummed. I was like, give me more time because like I had the jury laughing. I had a, g- a captive audience. Um, yes. Should I use it for comedy? I do think, um, I, I hope this podcast counts as owning the life rights to this story. I do think we, there's a movie here or a TV show. Yes. I've been toying around with the idea of outlining it of um, different. I'm thinking like the character uh, that one of the newer characters who came in towards the end, I think should almost be like the narrator. Cause like they just joined this crazy world towards the, when it was about to fall apart. Um, and I'm obviously a character, but um, so yeah, I do think it could help with the comedy. Uh, there's, there's a lot here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Should I make a one person show about it? Like, just like, instead of, yeah, it's just a great like, idea. You cry in the middle. I mean, listen, Chase doesn't have a job. Uh, maybe she comes back for the show. Maybe she plays herself. You know, we can Ooh. all, everybody can eat here. You know, what, what everybody can eat. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, some of the former assistants are actresses. Maybe they could play Chase. Nobody knows them better, including, you know, the person who might have been who are the actresses? Some of the people have been tortured. We've got uh, Amelia Brain, who used to work uh, for Canal. She's an actress. Olivia Jampol. These are all, these are like, I'm like reading the list of people who have been, uh, who are like still have PTSD from all the trauma they took. But so I think well, they could do both read, do great jobs. One of the uh, Robert De Niro's other former assistants is a man by the name of Michael H. Weber. You yes, might know him. Yes. He went on to write the disaster artists. He wrote, uh, sorry, adapted it best. And he got not nominated for an Oscar. He did 500 days of summer. He wrote that film, a number of films. He does have, a quote here about Graham Chase Robinson. I don't know because it was we were just texting him. I don't know if this is on the record or off, but should I read it? Just read it. He, it's he like said, an hour and a half in. <laughs> I said uh, I had something to the signs of, do you want to come on and talk about? Uh, or no, I said, what would, do you have an opinion on her? And he said, she was a nightmare. That's the, that's the full quote. Graham Chase Robinson, she was a nightmare. Um, I think you had asked, do you have any stories you would like to say about her? That's he what said, I asked. Yeah. He says, ha ha. No, my memory is shot, but she was a nightmare. So how about that? She was, I she was, we'll a, everybody thought she was an, yeah, everyone said she was a nightmare and everybody also said t- that she, you know, she spent, and not to go into this, but she spent a lot of time in play, living like places like Spain and London and having this amazing life on Bob's dime. And, you know, so everyone was always upset. That it's a little bit of a Schadenfreude for a lot of people right now. So not to pick on not to pick on someone when they're down, but and according um, to cousin Terry, she should be in prison. That's it, Cap. That's the episode. Can I? Can I just say one thing? It's not on Chase, but just related to what I'm about to go do. Yes, because it's related to Bob. I'm about to, I'm about to head out to uh, uh the you talk, last thing I used to do for Bob. You know, I said I do a lot of crazy stuff for Bob. I once took I went was once with Bob's driver. His old driver, Dave, I used to go to, I went, went to like a car auction to sell these old cars for, for someone in Bob's life who he needed to get, they needed the money fast. So he showed me. So I have a real estate client now that Cap and NYC at real estate who needs to sell a car to get, to lower his debt ratio so he can, you know, pay for a mortgage basically. So yeah. I call my guy, Dave up. I haven't talked to him in years. You know, that's one of the things that when I worked for Bob, I was known as, I was the guy who always knew a guy. I call yes. him up. We, we, we catch up over I chase. He says, of course I could sell the car for you. Um, we're going to go bring it out. Like literally, like I just talk, like, I'm just going to sell it today, hopefully. And so, you know, people, if you need a real estate agent who just knows people and can entertain you with stories of chase Robinson and other and Bob De Niro, yes. <laughs> cap and NYC, come find me on Instagram. <laughs> cap and NYC. Yes. That's it. Kaplan. What should we do? 
uh, for my, no, we should, uh, well, like, like Chase Robinson after this trial, she's going to want to get lost. Get lost, everybody. For full story, go to patreon.com slash lost in America. We go way more into detail over there. Get lost. (laughs) 